You are listening to the Niagara Podcasters Network. Where uh, where do you keep your war bonnet, Sean? In my pants. <laughs> oh my God. What color is your war bonnet, Sean? Red. <laughs> do you have a war bonnet? Not today. <laughs> oh, really? Like historically? Do you do you have do you personally have a war bonnet right now? Because we, we, we all have war bonnets, right? Right. Um, do I? Yes, I do. Right next to the scalps I keep at my house. Um, in your teepee, right? In my teepee, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is next to the lodge. Also next to the totem pole. Yes, that's yeah. right. Hanging by my dream catcher. Yep. <laughs> you have a totem pole hanging by your dream? I'm like, the physics of that baffle me. <laughs> do, you, do you have a war bonnet, Megan? No. My war bonnet is my hair. What about you, Mitch? Do you have a war bonnet? Yes, I pull it out when I go to Coachella every year. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about raves earlier this morning, so yeah, I mean, it is applicable. My share album cover, <laughs> my share album, share album cover. So, yeah, no, I oh don't, uh, I don't, uh, I haven't had the honor of, of, of having one. Oh, okay, no. do you have a war bonnet, Trevor? Um, no, and I really wish he didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> really uncomfortable now. That's why we asked. You're breaking the fourth Sorry, wall yeah. if, if that exists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, listeners, Trevor's not here anymore. Pretend like you never heard that. He's, there's not There's not a white guy producing this show. <laughs> <laughs> that got awkward. I'm still right here. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to One Dish, One Mike. We don't have war bonnets. (laughs) In the heart of the One Dish with One Spoon Treaty territory, Niagara's Sean Vanderclis and Carl Dockstader dish on any and all issues from a First Nations perspective. From pipeline politics to poverty to pan-Indianism and more, Sean shares his concrete curve leg take and Carl gives an urban Oneida angle. You are listening to One Dish, One Mike on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Back to war bonnets. Back to war bonnets. Back to war none bonnets. of us, none of us have war bonnets currently, except for Mitch. Except for Mitch. to take to his festivals, his music festivals, <laughs> to wear to a tribe called Red Shows. Yeah, shop shows, right? Every, that that really every... pisses them off too, right? What's that? The, the people are honoring them by showing up with war bonnets. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, people show up to their shows wearing their war bonnets. Well, and... I mean, like a tribe called Red, they really emphasize those stereotypical roles that society has placed on us so if you've ever been to a, a tribe called red a lot of the art shows a lot of the um they'll play videos on walls they're all like 1950s 1960s cartoons um so i could understand why a non-indigenous person would think that it's honoring but it's not yeah it's like tongue it's in cheek. Not, like yeah. they're not they're not showing the cowboy and western exactly because they exactly love. as much as i want to be the indian guy from mortal Kombat, i am not there was an Indian guy in Mortal Kombat, really? Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. If wow, about that's that. crazy. You never was there. There's still oh no. What, what, what did he look like? What was his? I don't know. He shapeshifted into a wolf. Remember Luke yeah. Kane? Night wolf. Oh, Night wolf. That's yeah, it. Was that it? Yeah. I'm like I'm googling this now wow, because okay. I forgot about that guy. But anyways, I really wanted to be him growing up. Okay. Every time we played Mortal Kombat as a child, that's who I was. Oh, neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the unfortunate thing about that was that he wasn't like. Like he wasn't the strongest character. <laughs> it was like yeah. I felt like he was the weakest. Yeah, Nightwolf. Oh wow, okay. I was right. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised about that. But I felt bad because I was like, oh, like why do they always make 
the awesome native guy the weakest like even in <laughs> even in what's that movie that called like just came out um oh, oh suicide suicide squad, squad yeah. i was like Freaking Adam Beach gets killed like right off the bat. Oh yeah, I was spoiler like, alert. So yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler angry. alert. Spoiler yeah. alert sorry. I know. I kind of haven't watched it actually because I'm like, ah, like a native guy, you know, yeah. and he's not, you know. Seriously, it's like in there for like it's like five minutes. That's what I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. Ridiculous. So I haven't, I haven't watched Suicide Squad. And I might not. Sorry, you shouldn't. Sorry, it was a horrible movie. I'm actually, I grew up being a DC guy too. Oh okay. So I was rooting for the whole DC comic multiverse, but yeah. then they killed off Adam Beach. So. Yeah. Fuck. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Dave. Ruin my dreams. <laughs> Let that be known right now. One dish, one mic does not support DC. <laughs> no, we do not. That's condemnation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marvel, sign us up. Yeah, that's right. This show is brought to you by the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the topic at hand. We are here discussing pan-Indianism. Yeah, I wonder, does uh, do our listeners know what pan-Indianism is? I mean, that's I, I see... What the worst for me is when people are well intentioned, yeah, but they're being super pan Indianism because it's hard to approach because someone will like come up to you and like I want to honor you, yeah. and I you know I watched <laughs> a thing on the CBC about residential school, so I asked my kid's teacher to make actually this happened, yeah. this happened locally. I won't say which school or which school board, but there was going to be an Indigenous presentation in order to prepare for the Indigenous presentation. The students went and they made like like paper. Uh, construction paper war bonnets and talking sticks to greet to greet the people that came to do the presentation not having you know no idea of the cultural context or the background or anything and and this was a whole school that right. did it like, <laughs> and they thought they were honoring people that were coming it was oh so, so our educators yeah back to education our right? educators <laughs> well, i got i got a, a teacher who um I was, came up and asked me about um she was going to get her class when this was when uh, Attawapiskat was was in a suicide crisis. Yeah. And she was going to have her um, class make uh, medicine pouches okay. for all the for all the folks in in Attawapiskat. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, not everybody wears medicine pouches. Yeah. And she's like, oh. You, know, you, you always ruin it for yeah, me. Right? Yeah, right. Cause you, cause you, and I'm like, Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> Easter Bunny I mean? is fake. Wait, wait, wait. And we all don't wear medicine pouches. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like it was, it, and I'm like, oh. I disagree She's with that like, in fact, too. <laughs> but you, you know, and, yeah. but it's, you know, how do you, you yeah. if you haven't been to the community yeah. to understand what that individual community is all about, how do you know? if you're what you're sending is culturally relevant or yeah. not and and that's kind of something that came up too just recently i was doing because um, i do a lot of graphic arts work and i do a lot of like kind of like comic book illustration and i was looking for a reference for something and they this one this one school had done a project on one of our ceremonial masks and had had the kids make it <laughs> and i was like, like false face yeah, yeah, not the false face. They did the Kajisa. But okay. I had to like I had to I went on to the ladies' site and I was like, you need to take that down. And I was like, in your when what you've written on this blog, you've said that like we used to do it, we still practice this. Yeah. So like so you're being incredibly disrespectful. I know that you're interested in like I know you're interested in the materials we use to make it, like because mm. it was all about corn husk and working with corn husk. But I'm like, there's other things that you could have made that corn were like doll. that would have been like corn yeah. husk doll yeah. or like you know braiding the corn husk to maybe like mm -hmm. make a little basket or something like yeah. that. I was like, there's different ways to tackle it. I was like, the best thing to do is to actually find the closest cultural center that works. Like maybe 
either not works with it, but like is knowledgeable in that area to let you know whether it's culturally sensitive or not. Point, point you in, at least in the right direction. Yeah, right? exactly. You're not going to you're not going to start interpreting the Catholic Church without going to the Catholic Church. Yeah. Right. Why That's would you really Why would you not a great point us? Um, yeah. So getting back to Pan Indianism, what is it? Some people, for some reason, native cultures they think that we exist in some kind of weird hive mind Borg universe where everybody has the same view, everybody yep. has the same ideas, and then and then the symbols that have become kind of attached to native culture become universal. So right. everybody everybody does the same thing. Regardless, Every, regardless, we all ride horses, wear breastplates, while wearing war, war bonnets. Right, and the and the, right. and, and, the yeah. and the demarcation point is somewhere in the in the fifties during Western yep. movies, right? And yep. and that's kind of it all stems from that stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. It's it's for me, it's the amalgamation of all of our all of our cultures into one mass culture. To say every single person from Europe is the same is is the equivalent of saying every single person from our nations are the same which just, in case we're not i'm just gonna say something i said on the previous show it's like painting all of us with the same brush yeah exactly like, exactly yeah. like sure. it's like i feel like I, I use that term a lot because i think it just it just works so well because it's, it, it's it, a it is. Yeah. i mean just to show the the difference in our people and our culture like you were you were, in a previous episode that we recorded you were talking about how one word in mohawk from the six nations reserve is different than Another word from Ganawage or Akwazasni or um, the other reserve you mentioned. Ganesitage. Yeah. So same nation, same language. The only real difference is is the distance wise, but that the there's a huge difference, right? Yeah. And that just shows that we're not the same. Yeah. And it's um, what was I gonna say? The one thing it was funny because when you were talking about boards, I was like, "We're not all level five paladins." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand either. I automatically went to like World of Warcraft. So, like, so our, like, our guests are geeking out right now. And- <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Want to go get a coffee? Yeah, while exactly. Geek out. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, she loves she loves Neil deGrasse Tyson and. <laughs> Do we need to leave? <laughs> and this has been another episode of Indigenous Affair. I said as the rest turns. <laughs> but um but no, like I definitely agree with that. It's like I that's that's how yeah. I would describe Pan Indianism is mm. is like painting us all with the same brush, thinking that we all have the same practices, the same ceremonies, the same mm-hmm. um regalia or the same customs and and just thinking that that like all across the board Mm -hmm. like north america we're all the same yeah yeah well i mean would people wouldn't confuse italy and france exactly and and switzerland and norway yeah and and, and if you look at the the geography of that area it's 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 the same size as ontario even Mm -hmm. right so why wouldn't there be different cultures inside of here Right, but it all got morphed together at some point, and no. I'm not sure how and where that happened exactly. And so, to be the devil's advocate, do you honestly uh, is there is there at any point in time where pan Indianism could be seen as a positive? I don't really think so, and I kind of think it's like been a tool to um, kind of degrade like our own understanding of our identity, mm-hmm. so that we don't we actually know where you come where we come from or what customs are ours. Right. I that's what I kind of think it of it as because our cultures are so rich and they're so there's so I guess like there's just so many different facets to it that 
you that there's like a facets and complexity to our cultures and to just say like like if you like if you're kind of like coming at it from if you're just finding out that you're native and just jumping jumping on the first thing that's native and and that's where that's where i was going uh, as a lot like a lot of our culture a lot of our customs traditions and languages have all been lost um for individuals uh, on an individual level due to the uh, the effects of residential schools. So I can name off the top of my head five or six people who have jumped on the Pan-Indian bandwagon. Ooh, let's gossip. Can you name them? Okay, number one. <laughs> number one, just Trevor. Kidding. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Our producer. I'm just joking. Um, but they, they've jumped onto it because that's the only thing they can grab onto. Um, searching for an identity, you want to embrace anything and everything about being native so from that point of view what do you think and it's like if you're if you're in that situation where you you know you just found out that you're native and you want you want to find out as much as your culture like first like it's it's so important to like like what nation are you from where is their territory Mm -hmm. what is their history and then kind of like introducing yourselves to like kind of like the cultural leaders in that community like that's that's incredibly important because there's it's just like it's it's hard because i've seen people do it where they they are they you know i want to go get a i'm gonna get a dream catcher tattoo i feel like everybody does that <laughs> i'm gonna get a dream catcher tattoo because i'm native and i'm like wait 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 before you like you actually jump into that maybe you find out what nation you're you are where you're from because your people might have something that's more culturally significant and speaks more to like that like I feel like there's just like there's so, just so much more depth once you once you find the cult like your actual culture there's so much more meaning and vibrancy be- behind things that like once you like I can guess once you like really delve into it your perspective changes and shifts yeah yeah no exactly because I, I know I know a couple of like my I'm not gonna name names either <laughs> but <laughs> I know somebody really close to me who got like a they got a dream catcher tattoo and later on, once he had kind of like learned more about the culture, he opted to get something a little bit more traditional as like as opposed to like something very Stereoty- yeah, stereotypical oh, yeah. pan-Indian. Yeah, I think like a big example of that, that that I see in the Friendship Center movement is the medicine wheel teachings, right? And, yes. And just yeah. those aren't those aren't my teachings. Like, yeah. like I, I know that and I didn't always know, like when I was a kid, I was a little more pan-Indian, right? And, and yep. I didn't understand and the movement was younger and everything. But mm-hmm. but now like the medicine wheel is an Anishinaabe teaching, the four directions and kindness, honesty, sharing and strength and the sweet grass and sage mm-hmm. and, and uh, tobacco and uh, uh, the other medicine that i can't yeah. remember like they but they don't it's not it's not a one size fits all sort of thing mm-hmm. you know and it's but there is a fine line because i think that i think that as an oneida i can still learn from the medicine wheel teachings but those aren't my teachings and that's yeah. that's what's important to know no, so no. that's maybe where pan indianism taking back to the question you originally asked yeah. the friendship center movement itself the medicine wheel teachings powwows like we do have these pan indianism mechanisms that we use to help our people right no right. no that now, for my next question, then, would that be considered pan-Indian with nations using it, with indigenous people using it? Do you know what I mean? Because medicine wheel teachings, while they are traditionally um, Anishinaabe, could you not use them? 
like adopting them. Like the, yeah. the greatest example that, that I hear is again, Oneida physically was looking for someplace to move in, in yeah. 1844. The bastard Americans had, had betrayed our people and we had a choice to, to stay in our home territory or to move. Right. So we counseled and some of our people stayed in New York. Some of our people moved to Wisconsin and my family uh, was actually, it would have been one of my great, 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 grandfathers uh that was actually part of the scout party that went and found thames and we settled thames for for two reasons number one we settled it because it's our traditional hunting territory like it's nanfan treaty territory yeah so it looked like home it looked like new york but the second reason we we settled it is is that the chippewas that were there were were very hospitable to us and agreed that we could be their neighbors and while there's been strife back and forth a great friendship was struck between the two nations so oneida of the thames can be seemingly pan-indian and from from an outside perspective Mm -hmm. but in actuality over over a century and a half of custom sharing going back and forth has just like we have we have oneida sweat lodges for example sweat lodges are anishinaabe teaching but there are traditional oneida people who who will do them well like the interesting thing about that too is because when you go through like a lot of our different a lot of our different cultural teachings actually are kind of like it was almost like they were treaties between nations because like that we were talking about alligator dance alligator dance is actually a seminal dance yeah it originates from florida but it was kind of like recognition of our relationship with each other or our meeting each other and like there's tons of things that like kind of like span that but it's all about how how do you respectfully really respectfully and almost like incorporate that person's culture in order to honor them like it that's like it's an interesting yeah. thing because it's like it's there well even yeah. like with like wasaze like if you ask I'm, i was talking with one of my friends he's um talking he was talking to the osage people he's like how do you say your people's like what they are and they're like um like how do you say your name like your i guess like your nation's name in the language and it's very close to that it's like i think it's like it's like wasaje or something like that but it's mm. like it's very close to wasaze because that's where that that dance and that those songs came from yeah so that's incredibly fascinating there but like there's all of these different ways that you all of these different ways that our cultures have interacted and it almost like reminds me of like when they talk about bubble verses or like they like kind of sometimes collide. Like they use these impressions that we've left on each other's culture as in terms of like um, maybe like in terms of like how we interacted with each other or how what our relationship was to each other. But they were almost like really respectful incorporations of those teachings into our own. And I, I think respect is the right word because what, what ends up it. And it's hard to describe what appropriation is mm-hmm. from a, but I know it when ooh, I see it. Ooh, hold on. That's you know a new I, word. Appropriation. <laughs> what? What's that? Is that appropriate? Is that appropriate to Canadianism appropriate? and appropriation nudge up against each other all the time. They, they do. They do. But I, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, um, taking uh, parts of a culture that appeal to you, but not the whole thing. Um, and you see it all the time. You, you're, you're, you, you're going to take... And, and what happens in the greater culture, the capitalistic mm. culture, is they take the part that they can make money from. Okay. And they can make money from dream catchers because <laughs> like, they can sell them in Niagara Falls at a souvenir shop. So or at the dollar store. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of a Twilight movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Are they, so they, so what, what, the, what, the, what the capitalists do is yeah. they reach in and pull out the thing in a culture that they can make money from. Okay. So, and, and, and that and is the definition. They're appropriating, they're taking the part of the culture that, that they can 
um, capitalize on. Cultural Appropriation 101 with Mitch Baird. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. We'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into more of that later. <laughs> okay. When we do the mascot when episode. We do the mascot episode. And, and just for our listeners um, who are in the uh, internet world, stay tuned. This is a three-series episode, so <laughs> you have yeah. to watch the first Talking about language, talking about uh, pan-Indianism, Indianism, <laughs> and then <laughs> mascots. Yeah, so there's there's many parts. I think I think that it's important to to be very mindful to not be to not be pan-Indian, right? The I think that um, Asian people can relate. Right? Well, that's like that's we're the... we're super pan-Asian as a society, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, the Chinese sushi and you know the Japanese. Uh, it's uh, actually Japanese sushi. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Though <laughs> oh, that's okay. what I mean. Like people are like, oh, Chinese sushi. That you know? joke went way over some, my head. I went to a Chinese <laughs> restaurant and had sushi. You know, like yeah. that's that's the sort of pan-Asian thinking. Yeah. That, like it all, you know, Japan, Korea, God damn you, Mandarin. It's all the same. And even even when you look at China itself, like China has several different provinces yeah. and yep. distinct heritages, two distinct and, languages. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Mandarin there's probably and more languages than that, yeah. like within that those families. Yeah. Especially, yeah, various dialogue dialects within those. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But there's ways to, and maybe that's another like it's an easier example for our listeners to visualize, right? Like it, it would be highly inappropriate, I think, to to uh, or when people do open up Chinese restaurants. Uh, particularly if they're not Chinese, they tend to have that pan Chinese menu, yeah. right? Like that fast food takeout menu that, that doesn't really, yeah, Mandarin. it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really reflect the, the very rich cuisine. Yeah. Um, I, I had heard when I studied, uh, I have a background as a chef, right? When I studied cookery after French cookery, probably Chinese cookery is one of the most complex forms of cookery that's out there with like this diverse regional style and all these diverse regional menus. And and I had worked with some Chinese cooks that were a little frustrated by how simplified their their great history of working yeah. hard on mastering cuisine had been simplified into sweet and sour chicken balls yeah. and <laughs> chicken and wonton soup, right? Yeah. So, it's the same thing with us and with pan-Indianism. Like there's nothing wrong with dream catchers and war bonnets and with totem poles and teepees, but it's important to understand that our culture is a lot more rich than that. And that ultimately it's, it should be up to us how that culture is used. Yeah. And as a result though, like when we think about war bonnets, dream catchers and totem poles, we kind of think of them in negative light. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not too often that people would see them as a positive thing unless they're symbolic too. So the, the the result of pan-Indianism is the lessening in value of these things that actually had significant value to the people who use them. Yeah. One place, I just wanted to kind of throw this in there that I think that like Teen Vogue has done a really, really good job of, sorry, like, have, did you, did you not see their videos that they put out? Are you yeah, the only, they put out, the only, do we all watch Teen Vogue? Oh my, I don't no, watch no, no, they put I segments. Saw Teen Vogue. I saw it was it Teen Vogue? I can't remember who it yeah, was. It, no, was. it was, it was Teen Vogue. It was Teen I saw Vogue. It. I saw they put so, out. So, Coffee Break again? <laughs> yeah, right. No, you guys talk no. about Teen Vogue. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring you up to date. Um, so basically Teen Vogue <laughs> Sit down, school's in old session. They released these videos and I I think there was about three of them that they yeah. released that were all with young um, indigenous women from different cultures, but basically they were breaking those stereotypes. Okay. So one of them was about Thanksgiving and what Thanksgiving actually meant to them. Oh, okay. And then like another one was about, um, and then like, or I guess Columbus Day. I can't remember yeah, what it, it is was in the Columbus state. Day. But they were talking about what that actually meant and what that actually celebrated. And another one was about indigenous regalia. And what the regalia actually meant and like how it was different from place to place. And I thought they did an awesome job of like actually kind of, um, I guess, like myth busting for people. Nice. And I, I was like, I'm like, but like kind of like some of like some more things like I think could, could like, or 
let me retry to phrase that, but I think that we could be doing more of that or there could be more awareness put yeah. on that. Where more it's education. Like, this, is, this is like, we're not all yeah. war bonnets and war paint or there's like various different tri- types of regalia made from various different types of material. Yep. We all didn't have leather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One, one, really, one really simple way to smash pan-Indianism is, is actually to listen to shows like One Dish, One Mic. You're welcome. Right? Like we, we, talk about, we talk about different cultural protocols yep. and it's a way to spend time with a couple, a couple of our people, awesome yep. people like Sean and Carl. Um, also, if you like this podcast, you might like some of the other podcasts on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Hey, this is Trevor from Niagara Podcasters Network. A healthy community has many sources of news and information. Here at NPN, we're creating locally sourced, locally produced news content, and we're excited to tell you about The Regional, our first program on NPN News. The Regional is a weekly news show that's a political potpourri. It's a municipal menagerie. It is a local smorgasbord of interviews, panel discussions, and in-depth analysis. You can find The Regional by looking for it in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the podcast app of your choice. Or you can find us on niagarapodcasters.org slash regional. The Regional, Niagara's news magazine, only on Niagara Podcasters Network. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Butter voice. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Butter Voice. One dish, one mic. <laughs> Again, we have such great conversations during right. those breaks that you'll never know about. <laughs> one thing, one thing you will know about is is how we feel about the issue that we've talked about. So on this show, we have the custom of trying to end on a high note, trying to send our listeners away with a positive, a positive epilogue about all the wonderful things we've talked about today on One Dish, One Mic. So in that note, I'd like to kick it over to our first guest, Mitch Baird. Gush. What's your guest? <laughs> What's your traveling thought for the day? Um. I, I like the fact that our cultures are different, and I, I and I think that that was that's what makes it interesting is you're always learning. I mean, there's they're so it's every you know right from um, you know Six Nations and New Credit right beside each other. There, it's every every neighborhood, every little little uh, uh, community is a little bit different, and that's the fun part is learning the differences and not painting it all with the same brush. Right, that's yeah. the good stuff. Well said. <laughs> I'm going to trademark that. Yeah, you should trademark it. I stole it for the last four shows. <laughs> you have. I'm bringing it back. All right. All right. I'm bringing it back. I'm not too sure exactly because I feel like my I feel like my. So this my is the part of the thought. show where Megan loses her mind. Do you, I know. Do you have an anti-pan-Indianism traveling thought? I know. I'm it doesn't like, have to be. Don't paint positive. with the same brush. Like <laughs> that's always going to be a traveling always, that's thought. Probably, that's probably going to be marked my my saying. But, Leave it there. But no, like that's it's true. Like don't don't pa- don't paint us all with the same brush. Like if you really want to know more about like a specific culture, go to their community, learn more about them. Um, like there's there's like it's just kind of like like just like how Mitch had said like it's about the about kind of like the interest and the fun and learning about more about each other and yeah and it's just and that's like kind of to me like when you are with somebody where you're actually like interacting and learning more and expanding your knowledge I think that's kind of like it's okay I gotta I gotta I'm gonna encapsulate this and I'm like the best way I can I think that. When you go to a community, you bridge understanding. And the more that you understand about the culture, the more respectful you can be in moving forward. 
Well said. <laughs> Damn it, he beat me too. Sean, what's your traveling thought? For, for me, it's relatively simple. Simple. Uh, Pan-Indianism, don't do it. Um, if you want to be an ally, don't be Pan-Indian. If you're just learning about your culture, don't do Pan-Indianism. Um, take the time to, to fully understand. You're not going to read a book on math and claim that you're a mathematician. So don't read a book on Indians and claim that you're, you're Mr. Know-it-all about all First Nations people. Research, learn, and improve. I don't know if I can top that traveling thought. I hate going last. Everybody's already said everything. So let me see. Don't paint Indians. Uh, no. Just because Why does you... it always come down to actually like physically painting people? And that's the story of war painting. <laughs> don't paint us all with the same brush, right? Like, yeah, they, I love the example of, of don't read a math book and assume that you're an expert on math, right? We're Niagara. We're trying to, we're trying to, Decolonize is the word, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna reference Beth's doc stater from Six Nations. Everybody, first off, drop what you're doing, go to everything Cornhusk and buy a Cornhusk doll from Beth's doc stater. Yeah, she's she's super talented. Uh, but I'm actually gonna reference an article that she wrote in the Two Row Times. It says that instead of instead of indigenizing, let's revillageize, right? And Niagara is in the process of revillageizing right now. Where yep. both the friendship centers are just on fire in terms of of really becoming cultural hubs and go to places and yep. serving the community and offering that community assets. So we have a friendship center, the Fort Erie Native Friendship Center. We have the Niagara Regional Native Center. We have two friendship centers in one community right here in Niagara. So there's absolutely no reason that people should be pan-Indianism because we have that great resource that you can call, you can ask your questions and do your do your homework before you step out the front door wearing your war bonnet, heading to your teepee with your totem pole in front of your house and rocking your dream catcher tattoo. <laughs> And if you ever question how to gain contact with these friendship centers, right in front of us, we're looking at the president of the Niagara Regional Native Center, Mr. Carl Dockstader, and the newly hired executive director, Mr. Mitch Baird. So if you have any questions, (laughs) feel free to reach out to One Dish, One Mike, and we will point you in the right direction. Yeah, we'll share a link to both friendship centers uh, on our uh, Facebook page this week. And I wanted to say something too, kind of like as like as a little bit of like maybe the disclaimer. I don't want to like hate on people who like may have those tattoos or might have like <laughs> might have like, those tattoos or like you know might... that I'm wearing long sleeves today, no. <laughs> <laughs> or like or might have like or might be just learning more about their culture. Like I just want to encourage them to go like to to really find out, know who you are, do your research, like. To me, like kind of like time, time is respect in ways. Yeah, be patient. Yeah, well, no, you don't have to do it. Well, I'm like, because I'm said. like, I'm still learning. I'm still learning it's, myself. So it is. It's a fine line between <laughs> since we're doing like our post, 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 post traveling yeah. thoughts. But it is a fine line because you're right. Like as important as it is to not be pan Indian, pan pan Indian, it's also important to continue to try to learn to help. And, mm-hmm. and if you're indigenous, it's important to learn about your own background. If you're non-indigenous, it's important to learn about your indigenous neighbors. So don't let pan-Indianism right. scare you away, but please be careful and respectful when you're trying to learn. <laughs> yes, just exactly. just take the time to reach out. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. do thorough research, thorough investigations, talk to people in your culture, in your culture, in your community. Sorry. I'm tongue-tied too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, <hells> yeah. <laughs> But this has been another episode of One Dish, One Mike on the Niagara Pod. I can't even do this. All right, go ahead, Carl. You're back in. (laughs) (laughs) This has been One Dish, One Mike on the Niagara Podcasters Network here at the Papa Podcast Studio at Cowork Niagara, home of Niagara's independent workforce. You've been listening to Sean Vanderclass, our special guest, Megan General, our other special guest, Mitch Beard.
and co-host Carl Oxtater. Keep on listening. Nagiwa. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you. I love you. That was so nice. Thanks for listening to One Dish, One Mic on the Niagara Podcasters Network. Your hosts are Carl Dockstader and Sean Vanderklis. Recording is done at the Pop-Up Podcast Studio at Cowork Niagara, home of Niagara's independent workforce. Executive producer is Trevor Twining. Production assistance by Daniel Twining. Show artwork by Mitch Baird. Music by DJ Shub, used with permission. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at Niagara Podcasts.